Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Yes, we do have new economic news as expected today. And all the headlines, it's interesting. I love to watch all the different media outlets. And if you watch mainstream media, they say, oh, good news, good news. And there is some good news here. So we have some some growth within the GDP. That's a good thing. Gross domestic product growing by an inflation-adjusted rate of 2.6% in the third quarter. This is new data from the U.S. Bureau of Economic Analysis, BEA, and uh, Consumer Division of these numbers coming out. But experts are saying the positive growth hardly signifies a robust economy. But there is a glimmer of hope as the sun comes out today. I think I'm in a better mood just with the bright, sunny skies. It's been so gloomy, right, Anthony? So we're we're going to talk this morning any minute with Doug Mastriano, who's a combat veteran and candidate for governor for Pennsylvania as a Republican state senator. So he's still working hard in Harrisburg and Pennsylvania and is a big advocate, among other things, for parental rights, which, as you know, as a as a mom uh, with, you know, school age kids, I believe in this. And it's something we've sure learned a whole lot about, have we not? And a big issue in our area. So uh, that's coming up. Is he ready? All right. So let's get to it. We have the economic news nationally. That's out this morning. And we have, of course, in Philadelphia, as we welcome in State Senator Doug Mastriano, wants to be your governor, Pennsylvania. Hi, hi, Senator Mastriano. How are you today? Can I call you Doug? Is that okay? Yes, Don. It's great <laughs> to be on your show. You can call me anything you want except late to dinner. So, <laughs> it's fine. So, you know, I, I had looked this morning as we think about Philadelphia, and I've my husband Larry and I have lived in Philadelphia for, you know, decades here. We've raised our kids here. Yes, truthfully, we sent them to, you know, Christian Catholic schools because, like a lot of Philadelphians, um, you know, we're concerned about the quality of education. So I do want to, you know, talk to you about education and crime in Philadelphia. We just, I know that you've, and I know you've worked on both of these issues, but can, you know, we look at the, the number this morning, I, and it's a sad number that I look at as a city resident kind of roll through stop signs in the, you know, 4 a.m. hours. I head into work because of the crime rate, record numbers that that we see. And for me, it's not just that I'm a suburban reporter who's reporting on this and then go home to the suburbs. I live in the city of Philadelphia. I deal with it every single day. And I understand what that means 
and what it means, for example, these articles of impeachment now drawn against our district attorney, Larry Krasner. Can you know, can you talk about what that scene was like? I mean, you, you know, in Harrisburg as this is all happening and you're feeling about crime fighting and the answer to solving this in Philadelphia. I know it's nationwide, but especially in Philadelphia. It's really heartbreaking. You know, uh, my great grandpa came over from Sicily and, and lived in uh, South Philly working on the railroads back about a hundred years ago. My, my wife and I met outside of Philly on the main line at, in college. And so and my grandma grew up downtown Philly uh, on the uh, maternal side. And it, it's heartbreaking watching the city that it, that means so much to our country, not just our state, but our nation was birthed there and to, to see it collapsing. And, you know, 70 years of, of Democrat governors and 58 years of Democrat city councils and, and this is what you got. And every two, four, or six years, depending on the election cycle, the politicians crawl out of their holes and, and make these promises to Philadelphians, and things are continuously getting worse. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a soldier. I'm not a politician. This is not something I aspire to. We, we do need serious change and, and, and not talk. You know, it, it's funny because Josh Shapiro has been our AG for six years, and so he's got a record on crime that he can't run on. And sadly, you know, most folks in the traditional media won't ask him questions. I mean, that, that'd be the starting point for anyone that running for governor. Okay, you're the AG. Is, is crime down? What have you done? And he's done nothing but dither and talk. And, and you, you know the stats better than I do. You know, a, a thousand carjackings almost this year. On track for record homicides this year, maybe 600. So almost some. I can't Almost 2,000 carjackings. 2,000. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. I mean, this. Yeah, how do you how do you live in that environment? I mean, people just want to live their lives and, and have their you know babies be able to go to school with, without wondering if they're going to make it home or not. And, and I read that one article. You probably saw it too. That the grave digger said they're having trouble keeping up on on the teenagers are put you know laying to rest. Yes. I mean, I, and fentanyl deaths in Kensington. My wife and I were down there without cameras. I don't I don't do stunts, and, they, and my heart was broken over talking to the moms and grandmas on the conditions of raising their kids and. And all we get is more lies and empty promises. So, you know, as governor, we're going to become a law and order state. And I do have a very clear plan how we're going to do that. Well, I'd love to hear it and go, you know, here's the thing that I, as as a so-called, you know, child of media. So I've worked in my, and it, it breaks my heart. I always say this when I see what's happening with our media today, because as an eight-year-old little girl, I, you know, met a, a role model, somebody in the family who worked for a newspaper and I thought, wow, I want to be a journalist. And that was something I aspired to be and then started as a producer, ultimately ended up, you know, with Fox 29, 10 o'clock news anchor, worked for CBS3. And, and for me, to see what's happening, the bias and often bias by omission and people just being unfair to a candidate like yourself, State Senator Doug Mastriano here, you know, I... I I cringe at it. No matter what somebody's politics are, it's not right. And so I want to give you that opportunity. You know, people, every time you're on, Doug, I know, for example, when you were on with Dom Giordano and you talked about your military service, and people loved it and said, oh, I didn't know this, I didn't know that. So I do want to hear your plan, but I want to hear more about you as well and and what brought you into the military. But let's talk first about your plan. What as you know, governor of Pennsylvania, what would you want to do, and what could you do to make us safer? 
Yeah, so when I say I'm going to make us law and order state on day one, what does that mean? You know, there's so much talk and so much rhetoric and so many bumper stickers. And and you are a breath of fresh air. I mean, you have experience in the media, and, and you know what it could be and what it should be. Mm-hmm. And so thank you for this opportunity to, to lay out some of my vision. And I'm not afraid of hard questions either. I mean, clearly not. But uh, law and order state means, number one, we changed the culture in Harrisburg. Tom Wolf and Josh Shapiro have been associated and affiliated with the the defund the police crowd. And and let let me prove why I say that. And on 4th of June 2020, when Tom Wolf finally made an appearance after 55 episodes of Where is Wolf? Uh, he, he marched in a parade in Harrisburg, you know, with, with BLM and Antifa with a uh, Blue Lives Murder sign behind his head. And neither he nor Josh Shapiro announced that. And we see that our law enforcement, they, they don't feel respected. They're not respected. Uh, we saw in Philly what happened last week when, when a couple of our officers were surrounded by people on ATV and bikes and throwing things at them. I mean, that's, that's not a civilized society there. Mm-hmm. And so I, if law enforcement has to know their governor has their back. And it is, is not going to, you know, force them looking over their shoulders. Number two, of course, is funding the police, not defunding the police, as, as the Shapiro group would have. And uh, we've already begun work on that. One of my bills was rolled into the budget this year to increase state police by 200. That, that was one of my initiatives. Uh, that's just the start, though. And then having the resources and training they need to get the job done. Additionally, uh, working with the General Assembly to have authorization to serve special prosecutors in high crime areas of Philly. So we deal with the criminals. And then, of course, lastly, is, is not having a revolving door. You know, Shapiro and Wolf have worked together to release up to 10,000, between eight and 10,000 criminals early. And we've uh, seen statistics that show 70% of those early releases result in additional crimes within the next few days against the victims or those that reported them to police. So that revolving door has to end. Yeah, and I do want to talk about your military service as well. Um, I resent when, and I've said on this program, live and local, I've said it for how how long, and Anthony, our executive producer, and Jimmy Kelly, who's our engineer here, can tell you that I've said, what is this where we paint somebody as, quote-unquote, dangerous extreme? If somebody has tangible evidence, bring it forth. And I can't stand when these these titles are, are put out there with a broad brush and there's no evidence of it. And so what I always say is, you know, this is somebody as a retired colonel in the United States Army, combat veteran. Can you talk about what what brought you to, first of all, get into the military? What 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 was it that you said, you know what, I want to do this? And then you ended up 30 years in active duty service. Uh, My dad was a Navy man. And uh, early on, I, I. We we go on little canoes and stuff. I get kind of you know <laughs> motion sick. So I knew I wouldn't join the navy. <laughs> and uh, but I was I was always so excited to see my dad come home from work in uniform. Uh, you know, and uh, it, it was a stark time. Though. It was you know late sixties, early seventies. And then one day he stopped coming home in uniform. And I asked him. I said, Dad, why? What happened to uniform? I'm a little kid. He's like, our commander told us we're forbidden to wear uniform off base anymore because of the climate in the nation. We might get attacked, you know, in the Vietnam era. And my heart was broken because of a very patriotic family. But my dad was one of those lost souls that, that could have been killed in Philly. I mean, he, you know, he grew up in Brooklyn, New York. I'm just using analysis here. Mm-hmm. He dropped out of school at 17, and he, he, he said he was a bum. But my dad used to say, that Doug, I was a bum when I was a kid. And then uh, he got in trouble with the law, and, and the judge gave him a chance to either go to jail or join the Navy. And the Navy turned him to a lost soul, like we see a lot of these kids in Philadelphia, 
to one of the hardest working men I ever knew, one of the most patriotic and family oriented people ever. And that was just because he's given a second chance. And a lot of kids in Philadelphia aren't given a second chance. Now, why did I join the army? I grew up at the feet of my uncle Joe, my uncle Joe Guba, a tough Hungarian union guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was in Patton's third army. He was a Sherman tank driver and, and uh, landed at Normandy, fought across France and, and beat back the Nazis in, in uh, Bastogne and Battle of the Bulge. Uh, as they were advancing to try to save our guys trapped in Bastogne, we had an American division's 101st and 10th armored tra- trapped by the Nazis in the dead of winter in Belgium. Uh, his tank was destroyed, and he was the only survivor. And this, he was a, he was a tough old guy. He, he was blown out of his tank, and he, and he woke up sitting Indian style in, in a ditch with his intestines floating in front of him. And, you know, I was like, Uncle Joe, what did you do? And he talked like John Wayne. He's like, Doug, you know what I mean? I put my intestines back <laughs> in my stomach. <laughs> and got patched up and went back to the battle. And I just remembered, like, you know, I, I want to be, you know, like, like my dad and like my Uncle Joe. And I really believed, uh, you know, in, in our country, you know, we owed a debt to it. So I determined at about five years old I was going to be a soldier, and that's when I did my entire adult life. Yeah, I mean, your career, as you look through it, and obviously, you know, Afghanistan, so I know it, it must have been, you know, you served four years with NATO, deployed three times to Afghanistan, director of NATO's Joint Intelligence Center in Afghanistan and leading so many people, what, 80 people you served from many different nations. You know, talk about what your work in Afghanistan a little bit, if you would, and what maybe did that change you or inspire you as a person? So, you know, 9-11 happens, and uh, I was actually at one of the advanced uh, training courses for being an advanced uh, military planner uh, at the Air Force School, the School of Advanced Air and uh, Space uh, Sciences. We call it like a JEDI course for military planners. And so we knew after 9-11 that that we'd all be swept up in in important jobs of planning, you know, the war in Iraq and Afghanistan. And and I was uh, selected to be the lead planner on the Army side in Europe on the plan to invade Turkey, uh, invade Iraq through Turkey, very complex plan. Um, and then I uh, got assigned to NATO, and NATO, the mission had shifted. NATO was taking the lead on Afghanistan while America could focus on, on the mess created in Iraq. And uh, there I deployed with, with NATO uh, three times for short deployments. And after the second deployment, I was really kind of contemplating on my contribution to the mission. And, and all I had really had done is, is planning the demise of a lot of bad guys are really not make, making a difference with the Afghan people. So when I deployed the third time with my headquarters, with the, the multinational mission, we had about 80 soldiers from 18 different countries, very complex environment. I was leading them, very, very you know, daunting to lead such a, a diverse group of people. But I determined we're going to do, try to do something voluntarily to help the, the people of Afghanistan instead of just, you know, kinetic uh, approaches to life, try to help. And, and we found an orphanage where we did seven relief uh, uh, missions to help the orphans uh, in the Hindu Kush mountains. Um, but what a rewarding experience to your leadership style has to be more like, interactive than directive working with NATO. And I think it was that uh, experience in four years in a multinational environment helped me to really become uh, what I am today and a better leader. And, and I think it's prepared me for the governor as well. Yeah. And that, you know, as you're speaking and, you know, I've, re- I've talked to so many people who have known you for many years, it's, it has to be when you're, you enter in public life and you mentioned family members who fought against the Nazis and you've worked in the military side by side with a diversity of people. And so to be painted in, in the media or these, these ads 
um, with lies and words like anti-Semite or racist or extreme. It's it's got to hurt. I know you have a thick skin, obviously, but it's got to hurt. Yeah, you know, initially it was really hard to deal with because you know, in the military environment, especially being an officer in the military, you know, you're supposed to be a leader with honor and integrity. You know, a man or woman of his or her word. And then to be painted in a picture that is just not even sustainable in, in realism. You know, a colonel in the Army, uh, only 3% of my class, I think, made it. 3 to 7% of my class made it. Three of us made it. Um, <clears throat> and with a top-secret access for 30 years, so constantly being vetted and investigated by background. And, you know, they, and when you're investigated, they're, they're looking for extreme points of view and, and you know, if you're a danger to the country or if you could you know, leak these sensitive secrets that would damage our national defense. And so it, those things are just materially, demonstrably, you know, false. But you'd have people peddling that information, especially in the in elements in the media. It's just right. like, guys, are you, do you have that much stain or disrespect or a lack of understanding of what it takes to be a colonel in the army? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, you know, in looking at you and your wife, Rebby, you said you met on the main line, uh, right, just outside Philadelphia. Like you and Rebby, my husband Larry and I, you know, have boys. And I remember the first time that we took our boys to Gettysburg and our oldest son, Michael's a teenager now. And he said, mom, dad, thank you. These are my people reenactors. He loves going to the reenactments. And I thought of him and that situation when this, when this whole thing with the, the Confederate uniform thing came up, because I immediately said in Pennsylvania, especially, Oh my goodness. You know, my kids have done this where they've worn because you have to wear one side or the other. Right. And and so with reenactment and history education, um, you know, can you speak to that as far as this being used as somebody who's dressed as a reenactor in that Confederate uniform in the context of the fact that you have what four PhDs, you're an educator and historian. Can you can you put that in perspective? Sure. <clears throat> so just for clarity, four masters and uh, one PhD. Oh, right? sorry. Hardest. <laughs> Somebody asked me if I was going to go for a second doctorate. It was the hardest thing I did in my life. Like, nope. <laughs> so, uh, published author, historian of American history from 1860 to today, basically, um, you know, respected, uh, giving, giving hundreds of tours of Gettysburg. It's in my Senate district. I mean, I love the battlefield. I love history. And, and it just shows you how desperate and how far over the top the left has gone. I mean, using any ridiculous little accusation, you know, I mean, we, we have pictures, of course, uh, in, in Yankee uniforms, too. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd be happy to share those if people care. But, you know, the facts don't really matter to the left. I, I, I haven't seen the left where they care that the facts are getting, getting away of a good story. So they're trying to paint an image of something that's just not so. It, it's okay to, you know, recognize and remember American history. And it's just part of this cancel culture. So we, we, you know, my opponent and I are really, really different. We're 180 degrees opposite, you know, clearly. And this guy personifies, which I think would be okay with him, what happened in Philly yesterday, where you have drag queen uh, story time for six-year-olds. I mean, and boys in the girls' bathroom and boys dominating female sports, rolling back back the clock 50 years on women achievements in athletics uh, under Title IX. You know, and, uh, you know, this graphic content of stuff in schools uh, that, that parents are trying to get out of the classroom, that, you know, exposing elementary kids to stuff that would normally have child services visit your house if that was around. 
And it's just it's complete difference here. You know, I, I think you know as you you want to be able to raise your kids the way you see fit, and not have a government come in here and tell you now your beliefs are all all, all wrong, and we're going to play you know gender pronoun games with your kids and confuse them at five and six years old. Yeah, and and that brings us to the the parental right parental bill of rights in Pennsylvania that you Doug Mastriano you first introduced this Senate bill I know, and this is something that. I talk to moms who I know, and I just was talking to a mom in Chester County telling me their daughter went in a bathroom, and she's, what, I think 11 or 12, I think her daughter just turned 12, and a, a little girl who used to be a girl is now identified, or no, a boy who was Michael and now is a girl, was in the girl's bathroom. And this little girl, you know that age group, 11, 12, and self-conscious, so went you know after middle school and went home told mom and dad oh remember Michael well um yeah Michael was in the bathroom Michael's a girl now and she was awkward with it she was just uncomfortable and so the parents and call the principal and the principal says look we can't do anything we uh, uh, this is and I've had callers talk about this and they're told well this is title something about title nine they're using they're they're even telling parents and pushing back. So the family that, that I'm speaking of, that I know on a personal side, they were told, well, if your daughter wants to use the private room up by the you know, front office, by the principal's office, she can go in there. And the parents said, you're kidding. Like, this is the girl's bathroom. So you're saying that little girls who are uncomfortable with boys going, you know, and, and, and so this is happening. This is real. This is not... You know, some people say, oh, they're just saying, no, 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 this is happening. It's happening in Chester. It's happening in Bucks. It's happening in Montgomery County. I'm talking to parents all the time. They, they come up to me, and they'll whisper sometimes, you know, because conservative women are in the closet. But what would your parental bill of rights, Doug Mastriano, what does that mean for a parent listening? And, and a lot of these parents, as you know, especially a lot of moms, I know, they're not political. They've never been political in their lives, Okay. What would this mean, and what do you believe should happen, and what would you do as governor? Yeah, thank you for that. <clears throat> and we have Josh Shapiro to thank for this. I, I consider that a safety issue and a science issue. And Josh Shapiro fought really hard in Pennsylvania for the right for boys to go into the girls' bathroom. He, he fought very hard on that. And, and when he won in Pennsylvania about a year ago, he filed an, an amicus brief against the parents and children and girls of Virginia and Florida also impo- imposing his, his dangerous, radical view that boys should be allowed in the girls' bathroom. And this time last year in Loudoun County, Virginia, a 15-year-old girl was raped, thanks in part yes. to the legal work of Josh Shapiro. She was raped by a pervert guy hanging out in the girls' bathroom. And the school board in Loudoun County tried to cover it up. And you remember, this time last year, the yes. dad found out, confronted the school board, and was hauled out in handcuffs. I mean, in what world is that okay? And so... never. This is this is chilling to me. I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine being a, a girl in school, half the using the bathroom, and looking around to see if there's any friends that can go in with you, wondering if if you're going to be in an awkward situation or dangerous situation. This is just madness. Is said, and that something has really gone wrong with with the Democrat Party. So under Mastriano, we're going to restore common sense to the Commonwealth. So on day one of my administration, call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. I have an executive order that will, that will ban boys from going in the girls' bathroom. We're going to follow the science. We're not going to enable things that are just outside of the norm. I mean, that we even have to have this debate. Right. You know, and as far as gender pronoun games, you know, drag queen story time in schools, that all ends on day one. This, this is, you know, schools, the administration and Josh Shapiro, because he filed the suit to keep our kids in masks last year. He filed to keep business shut down. Every, every corner I look, you know, he's had the opportunity to stand for the Constitution and parental rights, and every single time he's refused. He's, he stood against the people of the state. And, you know, you think about this here. Our kids are suffering academically massively because of these ridiculous shutdowns. And instead of trying to catch our kids up and, and give them a proper education on how to think, you know, they're being taught what to think. And in many cases, they're being indoctrinated. Why would a five or six-year-old be exposed to a radical in the classroom, confusing them, oh, what gender do you want today? And don't tell your parents, by the way, that we're talking about this. Uh, we, I had a hearing in Harrisburg two weeks ago, and I had moms, mostly, mostly from the Southeast, testify mm-hmm. to these gender games, graphic porn in, available in the yes. classrooms that child services would arrest us for. Uh, Josh Shapiro filed a dismissal for this lawsuit by one mom, uh, Phoenicia, out of uh, Chester County. To get that stuff out of the classroom, it's not book banning Democrats. It, it, it's simple age appropriate. This mm-hmm. stuff is disgusting. And if you know, in the end, my parental rights bill puts the power in your hands and not in the hands of some bureaucrat or somebody who has a radical agenda here to to endanger our kids. Yeah, it's a it's a top issue and a key. My final question. I thank you, State Senator Doug Mastriano, who's running for governor of Pennsylvania. Final question is uh, talking about the economy. And you have said that Pennsylvania could be a key to turning things around as far as the energy crisis and the economy. Can you talk about that? Yes. You know, so I have an ambitious plan here, and, and the plan is achievable. I, I've watched what Ron DeSantis has done in Florida and how he's led that state through COVID. I've watched uh, Glenn Yonkin, you know, the past year. And, and by the way, both of them were told they would lose this time uh, four years ago. Um, Ron DeSantis, I just spoke to him yesterday. Uh, he was told he was down 12 points, and there's no way, you know, in heck that he could mm-hmm. he could beat his Democrat opponent. So, it, what really matters is what happens on election day. Get out and vote, and, and you know, take take your voice back. But uh, my my plan for Pennsylvania is, is really centered upon economic prosperity on our energy sector. We are blessed with one of the largest natural gas deposits in the Marshall Shell uh, in the world. 
And uh, we're told by geologists that we have centuries of energy uh, within the shell there. And so, and also we have fantastic high-grade anthracite coal. We have very high-grade oil. I mean, we are really, really blessed in Pennsylvania. So on day one, uh, I'm going to remove us from the energy carbon tax that Tom Wolf has put us in. You wonder why your, your energy cost is so high. It's not just the war in Russia. Russia. It's also a, a plan by Tom Wolf that began on the 1st of June to put us in this regional greenhouse gas initiative, which is a carbon tax. On day one, we're out of this, Reggie. Uh, on day one, we're going to open up state lands for energy development. On day one, we're going to roll back about eight years of regulations on our energy sector. And uh, that's going to drive down prices. And although inflation is largely a federal issue, uh, we see we are in the age of governors. And this governor, Mastriano, will have energy power at, you know, at the disposal of the people. We'll be able to drive down energy costs in our state, inflation, and then you won't have to choose between heating and eating this winter. Doug Mastriano, thank you so much for just telling us, laying out the issues for us. We appreciate you. Where do people find you? Thank, thank you, Don. It was an yes. honor to be on with you. Thank you for your work. And so if everyone could go to DougForGov.com, you could sign up to be a volunteer or donate to the campaign. We're, we'd like to have a, a poll watcher, a trained poll watcher at every polling station. There's 9,000 polling stations. We have a few, a few more to get, so if you'd help us out, we'd appreciate it. Okay, Doug for Gov. Thank you, Doug Mastriano. Thank you, Senator. Thank you so much. Thank you, my friend. Take care. (laughs) Take care. So, Doug Mastriano, you heard it. If you want to learn more, do do your due diligence. In other words, look at these candidates. It's an important, critical investigation, critical election, I should say. And, you know, do your investigation and don't just allow yourself to be spoon-fed. That's what I always say. I look at all the different candidates, and I think it's so important to hear the candidate, which is why we went long, because it's a conversation. But I think that, um, you know, you deserve it. I deserve it. We need the real information right from the candidate's mouth. So, Doug Mastriano, thank you. The Dawn Show is going to continue. We have, oh, my goodness, we have so much to tell you about right around the corner. So much happening uh, locally, nationally. I will just remind you that we had told you during our 11 a.m. hour that there was a news conference that happened right during the show yesterday, earlier. And so we had broken that story that, in fact, in Pennsylvania, the articles of impeachment, has, you know, they were dropped and they have begun. So impeachment of a Pennsylvania official elected by voters is extremely rare. But this is truly a historic time with regard to District Attorney Larry Krasner, who, yes, was... He was reelected by a you know pretty much a landslide, so he's he's now you know in his second term of office, which is incredible. And this is his argument. His argument is people like me, and people put me here. And who are you, Pennsylvania legislature, to question you know to question me as an elected official? We're following that very carefully, but the process has now begun, and it has only happened twice in 235 years, but both of those cases involved judges. So we'll talk about that moving forward as well. I do want to take your calls, 855-839-1210. And we do have uh, Pete in, where, Havertown, Pennsylvania. So Pete, what did you you think of the interview? I gave it more time as I would with a major candidate. We're closing in on the big midterm election. Pete? Yes, uh, Dawn, uh, that was a very good interview with Colonel Mastriano. Uh, I'm retired Army, uh, 25 years. Um, in my last five years, Dawn, 
I was granted a top secret security clearance and they're only good for five years. Mm -hmm. So Colonel Mastriano has been in the military for 30 years. He's had a top secret security clearance for that entire time frame. So that means he's going through six very extensive um, investigations mm -hmm. to determine his worthiness for a top secret security clearance. And there's been no issue with that. Right. So uh, it, it's, it's something that uh, probably, I would guess, maybe only about 15% or 10% of the Army has a top secret security clearance. I only had it in the last five years of my military career. But they, they investigate your financials, the uh, co-workers, uh, your neighbors are, are involved in that. So there's an awful lot of investigation. And it takes quite a bit of time. So the fact that he's had a top secret security clearance for 30 years, yeah. he's been cleared six different investigations. Yeah, and so... And so in your opinion, Pete, it would be tough to be an extreme, dangerous, uh, racist, uh, anti-Semitic anti person. It would be tough to be that person that were, if you believe these horrifying ads, and on both sides, I just hate the ads that they have to sling names instead of look at the issues, and that's my point. But Pete, just to clarify, I mean, it would be tough to be this dangerous, extreme person and get these high levels of clearances. Is that correct? For 30 years, it would be extremely difficult. But he's, he's secured at that clearance. You know, each of his, like, uh, five-year period, he's gone through a reinvestigation. That's six different investigations throughout his military career. From the beginning to the end of his career, it would be extremely difficult to maintain that top-secret clearance if there was any blemish uh, in your in your record, and not just your military record, Dawn, it'd be anything financially. It'd be uh, comments from next door neighbors if it got investigated. That type of a thing. Oh my goodness! You have to be squeaky clean. In other words, my goodness, definitely. Well, Pete, thanks for that perspective, and most of all, thank you for your service. We appreciate you. Tim is in Yardley. Hi, Tim. Hi, Dawn. Thanks for taking my call. That was a great interview. Thank you. Uh, well, what I'd like to say is just reiterate some of the points that Doug said. Uh, first of all, Josh Shapiro did file amicus briefs in other states mm -hmm. when uh, courts were addressing whether or not boys can play in girls' sports and boys can enter uh, girls' locker rooms. I mean, particularly what Glenn Youngkin was trying to do in Virginia uh, Josh Shapiro, our attorney general, filed an amicus brief to stop Glenn Youngkin. I mean, so that's pretty radical position. And also the Pennsylvania House and Senate have already passed a law. It's called the uh, Women's Protection Act. I believe that is the name. Mm -hmm. And it prohibits males from competing in female sports and also precludes them from entering the locker rooms. That bill passed the House uh, and Senate in Pennsylvania and was vetoed by Governor Wolf. So if this is an issue to voters and like yourself and like to me, I mean, I have three daughters. Yeah. I mean, Doug Mastriano is, is the clear and obvious choice. Yeah. And, and Tim, thank you for that. I have reported on that. And what Tim said is true. Everything Tim just said is true. I've reported on it as it was happening. And I know this is a huge issue for parents 
And it's never, I mean, you know me, you know me for sure. If anybody called and said something unkind, okay, about a person and their personal choices or whether they're trans, this or that, I am for personal freedoms. And so it's, it's, it's never about that. What this is about is that girls in sports or women, whether they're, they're in a workplace or an educational environment, girls and women, we should not have to bend and lower our rights, if you will, to have them compromised so that somebody can step on us and infringe on our rights. That's not the way it works. You know, they should certainly, we should figure out a pathway for people who want to compete in sports. And I think there's a way to do that and an equitable way to do that, quite frankly. But because this has become so political, I think that that is what drives and incentivizes partisan groups to say, no, 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 we can't make it so that somebody can have their own lane, let's say, in girls' sports or women's sports. No, 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 they have to be able to go in the girls' locker locker room. So, again, they're not pushing for solutions. And so it's it's never appropriate to be mean or to bully someone. That's not what this is about. But to say that a little girl who's uncomfortable in a girl's bathroom with somebody who's a biological male or in a locker room setting, especially in a locker room setting where they're changing, come on, it, it's, it's absurd. And this is, a, this is a major issue. I know the, the economy is a huge issue. I get it. But I, for so many moms that I'm talking to and dads too, they're outraged that this that we're even talking about this. So I thank you for your calls, and I always welcome your calls. 855-839-1210 is the other number to call, is the number to call, 855-839-1210. You can find me on Twitter at Dawn Stensland. You know, one of the places where I escape, certainly sports, I love, as you know, football. I'm a football mom and a mom of boys, and I look forward to, I mean, this weekend, not just my kids' football game, but also, you know, Penn State. We have the Eagles and the Steelers on Sunday and tomorrow, game one, Friday in Houston. And Houston, eh, I know they're the home favorite with Justin Verlander. He's the starting, op- you know, he's starting for the opener. And it looks like Philadelphia, we're going to go with Aaron Nola, who, of course, clinched our Phil's uh, playoff spot with a brilliant start, right? But when you think about this, remember the Bet Park Sportsbook and Casino app always has you covered. For the baseball postseason and everything else, Bet Parks, P-A-R-X, everything you want in that digital casino and sportsbook. So join Bet Parks with me now. It's the only casino and sportsbook app I ever recommend, as you know. And all the live in-game betting, you can bet on the action as it's happening. So download it. New users, you get up to $750 in sportsbook bonus back if your first bet is not a winner. And BetParks.com has all the deets for you. By the way, Here's a futures bet for the series that starts tomorrow night in Houston. So we are the underdog. A $100 wager on the underdog Philadelphia to win the series pays up $160. So that's just one of many. But just go to betparks.com. You see all the details. Sportsbook and casino all in one amazing app. You got to be 21 in Pennsylvania or New Jersey. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Since we were just talking about... The issue of you know, girls in sports and, um, and transgender issues and as well the fact that oftentimes, and this is unfortunate, we see this administration or the conversation turn to the fact that if you're a girl, if you're female, if you're a woman, then of course 
you don't you don't seem to matter anymore. Right. I don't matter. My rights as a woman don't matter anymore because why? Well, I've got to move on over for the, you know, the LGBTQIA or trans community. And this is what I resent. You know, women have certainly fought for so long. I mean, you know, no matter what you say about voting and my brother, John, always busts my chops and says, yeah, you know, when the country took a turn for the worst. 1920, when women got the right to vote. We were the last group to get the right to vote, and we always chuckle about it. Of course, I, I think my brother's chuckling about it. <laughs> but seriously, you know, women have more, more than any other group, honestly. And this transcends age. It transcends, uh, it transcends your ethnicity, women in general. And for girls and girls' sports, you know, Title IX, if you look at the history of it, there were many who argued against Title IX and said, no, 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 this is not right. You know, why would we give girls a special category? Why would we do that? And then people started seeing what it did for girl, little girls, teen girls, and women. What did it do? It allowed women to have, you know, and girls have their own lane and have their own sports so that they could, you know, be fit, be healthy, learn those team-building skills they're so critical, right, in business. And so we saw the benefits of it. And now to use, to manipulate Title IX in a way that it's being used against women and females and girls in sports. That's really what's happening. So I feel, I just feel like saying, don't tread on me, on my rights. And for a girl in sports or a young woman in sports now to, to, Feel that sense of defeat because you know what? We as girls and women, we cannot in 90 plus percent of any sports, any athletic type activity, we cannot compete against our male counterparts. And nobody said it better than Martina Navratilova, right? Because she said in her prime as a tennis champion, she played a a man in his, what, 40s who crushed her. And she said, you know, this this is not right. She has spoken against against this happening, and man, you don't hear her now. They've stifled her. Why? Because she was telling the truth. But now, listen into President Joe Biden as he comments on this entire issue. Do you think states should have a right to ban gender affirming health care? I don't think any state or anybody should have the right to do that. As a moral question and as a legal question, I just think it's wrong. And so Joe Biden being asked, President Biden being asked, obviously, about something that has become controversial, and that is that some states are allowing for children as young as, I guess, 11 years old. That And, we, and then we've heard, and I never knew this was going on. If you knew, uh, I, I did not know that this was going on for young children. And it's going on across the country where a child can go, even if, let's say, the parents are separated. And so one of the parents can take their child without the other parent's permission. And we're talking about essentially a a hysterectomy for a girl. Or in other words, this is something that has real ramifications, physically altering the body of a a child, but also taking these puberty blockers. And I know it's controversial, but to to have a president say, oh, no, that nobody should be able to have a law against that. Well, we have laws that protect our kids all the time.
But most of all, I thought most of our laws said that as a parent, I am the legal guardian of my child and that both parents certainly would have to sign off on, on anything for your kid. I mean, my goodness, I have a kid with asthma. I have to make sure that I sign and get a nurse or a doctor to sign his to bring his inhaler to school, you know, or to go to a field trip or take or not take the bus home after a game. And so this is in defiance of everything we know. And that tells you that it's just for votes. It's a partisan issue. And it's it's really wrong. Quite frankly, it's horrible. But that there you hear it. I found it interesting that in, in the new podcast by Jon Stewart, he's actually speaking out against Hunter Biden, and we'll we'll play that for you. I find that one fascinating. That's just ahead and so much more developing. We've got it all covered for you, but there is no place like home. And for me, I'm so grateful to the Chapman family team, Chapman Windows, Doors, and Siding. They have made my home even more beautiful. I love it. They've done such great work. And, you know, they are in their original Westchester location. They're also on the main line at the Wayne location. But make sure if you want to stop by the Wayne location, that you just call them or text or even go to the website so you make an appointment for that uh, Wayne location. But, oh, my goodness, let's say you're thinking about bringing the outside in with a spectacular open view. Ask about the new Nana wall product. It's N-A-N-A. Gorgeous product. And Chapman, of course, chosen in our area as the exclusive dealer installer in this area for Nana. Just one of the many different you know, special, unique Chapman differences I'm always raving about. You know, the Chapman family team, meticulous work, outstanding service, high-quality products. They're just great people, and they're going to respect your budget. So here's their number, 610-431-8898, 610-431-8898, or chapmanwindowsdoors.com. Tell them Dolan sent you. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.